the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a great morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a free-for-all Friday, kind of, sort of, edition of The Authority. It's the 24th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Looking back now at three days of nonsense from Adam Schiff and the Democrats, we have a lot of people to talk to today about everything that's going on in Washington, D.C., and how it impacts us here in Northeast Ohio and all over the country. Coming up. In about a half an hour at 9.35, we're going right to the White House, actually. We're going to talk to Stephen Groves. He's a special assistant to the President of the United States. He's a deputy press secretary as well, and he is going to give us the White House's reaction to what is going on uh, in that Senate chamber as Adam Schiff takes hours and hours and hours of repeating the very same lies again and again and again in the hopes that repeating it often enough will somehow make a lie become the truth. That's what his hope is. Hoping that the media will continue to repeat his lies for him as if he's not doing it often enough, convincing people to put pressure on their senators, to demand witnesses, to enable this ridiculous shift show, S-C-H-I-F-F, I did not violate FCC law, shift show, uh, to give it credibility. That is uh, the bottom line here. The media is, by the way, following his lead dutifully. They absolutely love Adam Schiff. You, you, seriously, you need to hear what the media um, is saying about this pencil neck. Uh, and I'm sorry to borrow the president's <laughs> name for him here, but it's just, he, he is just such an odd dude. Um, National Review, David Harsanyi wrote about this today. The media really loves Adam uh, Schiff. Jonathan Adler wonders whom Adam Schiff thinks his audience is. The answer is simple. 
the media, the same people who spent years passing along every falsehood and selective leak the California congressman gave them to fuel the Russia collusion hysteria, and the same people who still accept his allegations, knowing his long history of fabrications, without much skepticism, spent yesterday pretending that Schiff was a modern-day Cicero. (laughs) Ponder that, if you know Shakespeare. All of it was about as believable as Schiff's contention that he is pursuing impeachment to defend the Constitution, but we expect partisans to behave a certain way. The excessive fawning by pundits and reporters over a middling speech by a middling congressman, though, was just insufferable. If you think I exaggerate rights, David Harsanyi, take Greg Miller, a national security correspondent for the Washington Post, who contended that Schiff, perhaps, the most... Uh, underestimated politician California has ever produced and will leave a mark on history exceeding nearly all contemporaries. He said that, wrote this. Richard Stengel, former editor of Time Magazine, now an advocate for overturning the First Amendment, declared, when we get back to teaching civics in this country, as we must do, Adam Schiff's sweeping, beautifully wrought opening argument should be on the syllabus. <laughs> Adam Schiff has spent all of these hours weaving fiction. Generally speaking, I don't think fiction works, fictional works, should be on the syllabus for a civics course. Adam Schiff, who could not prove, even though he had every single tool at his disposal, while the House was running its impeachment inquiry, and then it's debate on articles, and then it's vote on articles, could not prove or provide any evidence whatsoever of a quid pro quo, then went to the Senate floor in this beautifully wrought opening argument and claimed there was a quid pro quo. He's literally making up something on the Senate floor that he tried his darndest to prove on the House floor and in House committees And couldn't do. How is that okay? He is standing in front of the United States Senate and thus the United States of America, the the constituents of this great country, the people, and claiming that if Donald Trump isn't removed as president of the United States, our 2020 election, which is still 10 months off, will be illegitimate. How is that a beautifully wrought opening argument? CNN chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin, an ostensibly unbiased observer, right, prefaced his remarks by saying, I don't want to sound like a partisan, before sounding like a pure partisan, praising a dazzling performance. The second best courtroom appearance he'd ever witnessed. Adam Schiff knows the facts. That is something you can't fake, Tubin told the panel. Meanwhile, Adam Schiff is standing there before the world and making up facts. He's faking facts. Don't don't just take my word for it. Don't just take David Harsanyi's word for it as far as what we are hearing from these lunatics in the media who are doing everything they can to buttress Adam Schiff's arguments with praise for his brilliance. Listen to some of this for yourself. What did you think of the presentation by the lead house manager, Adam Schiff? I thought it was dazzling. By most accounts, it was a virtuoso performance that drew praise from all sides yesterday. I thought this was the most compelling case 
for removal from office of this president I had heard in all these months because it was real and it was powerful and it was important. He was speaking not just to the 100 people in the room, he was speaking to 100 years in the future. Mm. This is a speech that kids are going to be given in 2060 at, you know, at university projects and things like that. Adam Schiff did an incredible <laughs> yeah. job. Mm -hmm. um, this is how you do it. You know, this, uh, this is really a I am Spartacus moment. It was a very coherent, cohesive narrative. A very, very powerful and forceful speech. I mean, his mastery of this material um, is, is, is really formidable. I don't understand how he could not have a mastery of this material, considering he's the one who made it up. He's the one who fabricated it. He's the fiction writer who put pen to paper here. How could he not master the material? He conceived of it all in his own mind. Now, this is what the media is doing to support the narrative against the president, to support Adam Schiff and his, his fictional account of what happened with respect to Ukraine, with respect to the entirety of the impeachment Schiff show, the sham that it is. There's too many SHs there. I won't go further because I may accidentally slip and say the wrong SH. So let me move on to who and what the media really is. Now, I want to hit you with this, and I want to hit it hard, because I want you to take this with you today. Maybe you heard a little bit about it yesterday. I did, but not the detail that I have now. CNN employs an analyst who used to be a Clinton White House official. His name is Joe Lockhart. He is a CNN employee, a CNN political analyst. Now, you recall, right, that President Trump has referred to CNN as fake news. He has referred to CNN and other purveyors of fake news as the enemy of the people. And you have heard clearly that the left has pushed back and said, oh, my God, that is such a terrible thing. How can the president of the United States defame the press in such a way, calling it an enemy of the people? This is dangerous, blah, blah, blah. This goes at the First Amendment, which is freedom of the press, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I want to give you one of the most egregious examples of what makes the president right that I have ever heard. Tweeting about this shift show that is being put forth in the United States Senate right now, CNN's political analyst, Joe Lockhart, tweeted the following yesterday. Quote, Overheard convo between two Republican senators who only watch Fox News. Is this stuff real? I haven't heard any of this before. I thought it was all about a server. Is ha If half the stuff Schiff is saying is true, we're up Blank's Creek. Hope the White House has exculpatory evidence. End quote. Now, that's some pretty heady stuff. This CNN reporter and political analyst, is alleging that two Republican senators are admitting to one another that they didn't know all of the facts of this case from the mountains of coverage, by the way, that was given to the House impeachment inquiry and articles of impeachment debates. He is alleging on Twitter to thousands and once retweeted millions of people that two Republican senators are going, oh, my God, I didn't know about any of this stuff. If what Schiff is saying is true, we're in big trouble. I hope the White House has exculpatory evidence. That's damning. That's damning to the president and to his supporters. But after some time passed, and after that story 
was retweeted over 3,000 times. So like I said, when you multiply that out times the number of followers of all of the people who retweeted it, you get into the tens of thousands and retweets of those into the hundreds of thousands. And very likely, because of the extraordinarily, extraordinarily large volume of people that use Twitter, probably millions of people. After some time had passed, and after the, the thousands of retweets reaching Lord knows again how many, you know, potentially millions of eyes, Lockhart tweeted again. The same CNN political analyst and employee followed up that tweet with this one. Okay, maybe I made up the convo, but you know that's exactly what they're thinking. He admitted and acknowledged that he, like Adam Schiff, fabricated story a, a conversation that never happened. Literally made it up. Heard no conversation between two Republican senators gawking one another about, oh my God, we're in trouble. President Trump's in trouble. I didn't know about all this. He made it entirely up. And guess what happened with the, ret- with the, uh, with the retraction and the admission? 300 retweets. What does that mean? See, a lot of people think that if you tell a lie and then later tell the truth, it cancels out the lie. But it doesn't. Because while the main tweet, the first tweet, the lying tweet, reached 3,000 retweets almost immediately, and then again, retweets of those retweets, and on so on and so on and so on, we don't have to draw a picture here, um, reached all of this, only 300 people bothered retweeting the fact that he made it up. He made it up. And so the lie continues to exist as the truth in the eyes of the people who did not see the retraction. You follow this? Think about that for a moment. RNC Rapid Response Director Steve Guest also noted that self-described Washington Post conservative blogger Jennifer Rubin, who is a far leftist actually, promoted Lockhart's fabricated quote on her Twitter account. She's got hundreds of thousands of followers. Excuse me. Uh, Director of Communications for the RNC, Matt Wolking, tweeted, CNN employee Joe Lockhart is knowingly spreading lies and disinformation online just for the fun of it. This is what CNN pays him to do. Now, this again was as of yesterday. As of today, despite the fact that some have broadcast what I'm doing right now, the truth about his lie, the number of retweets of the lie, which was never deleted, the tweet was never taken down. He left it up. It is now up near 10,000 direct retweets from him. And again, Lord only knows how many retweets of those retweets. The number of retweets of his correction or his admission of his lie are just barely reaching 1,000. So in other words, the lie continues to spread. This is an unconscionable. I'm going to go ahead and take the break now while I finish my coughing fit back after this.
July 26th. As we continue. On the authority, thanks for being with us. I mentioned uh, we are loaded up today, and we really are. We've got uh, three great guests coming up. We're going to the White House in Washington. We're going to talk with uh, David Groves, uh, who is a uh, special assistant to the President of the United States and also a deputy press secretary. And so uh, very much looking forward to that. Stephen Groves, I'm sorry, I say David because I was talking or thinking of our uh, nine, uh, 1035 guest. David Banson will be calling us in between them at uh, 1010. Our senior correspondent from Hillsdale College will be joining us live from Washington, D.C. in the March for Life, Jaden France. She will be joining us. She's only a freshman there, but she's a senior correspondent because this is her second time doing it. She did it last year, too. And she's going to join us uh, with uh, kind of an update on what's going on there in D.C. as we get set for the President of the United United States to speak and address the March for Life for the first time in the history of the march. Uh, it's really an amazing thing in, in the 47-year history of the March for Life. Uh, no president has ever uh, attended or addressed the March for Life in D.C., despite it being right there outside, well, down the block a bit uh, from the White House, but still. President Trump is going to break that trend, and he will be addressing the throngs of pro-lifers today. So to the point that I was making here about the media, which, you know, and I know I've I've belabored to, you know this a number of times, and, and I don't want to overdo it, but this is CNN. This is who President Trump is is almost always first to, to point out when he criticizes fake news, when he criticizes the media, almost always his first target is CNN, and there's a reason. Now, CNN's um, political analyst, Joe Lockhart, tweeting that lie about Republican senators being, oh, my God, President Trump is guilty of what Trump or if what Schiff is saying here is true, we're in serious trouble. That lie, which is very, very influential, uh, being tweeted out by a CNN employee, was noted by others who told CNN, hey, are you going to fix this? Are you going to uh, uh, you know, uh, make him delete that? Are you going to apologize for it? And there is no response whatsoever. Dave Rubin um, is a liberal podcast host, and he tweeted about this and called Brian Stelter out host of CNN's Reliable Sources. Uh, Brian Stelter recently had Lockhart on his show. And Ruben tweeted to him, Hey, Brian Stelter, as a very serious journalist, do you have any thoughts on your colleague, a former Clinton staffer, sharing a totally made-up quote? Maybe cover this on the next episode of Unreliable Sources. Uh, sources. Um, no response from Stelter. Not online. Not on air. No one has touched it. Not Don Lemon, not Jake Tapper, not Chris Cuomo. No one has touched it. They're just letting it marinate, and no one has demanded that Lockhart delete it. Apparently, as long as he followed it up with a, by the way, I made all that up, it's okay to leave it there, even though it continues to be shared as if it were true. Again, over 10,000 retweets uh, later, more and more people think that this is what's going on, that Adam Schiff is convincing some people, including Republicans, who are questioning everything that they have heard about defending the president. That's a major problem. So this is what CNN does. This is what the mainstream media does. And this is why when we talk about enemy of the people, when we talk about unfairness to the president, which is why the president is always talking about, quote, he tweets about it, people hate it, when he says presidential harassment. It is. They lie, and they don't even bother retracting their lies when they are exposed. 
or when they admit them, because they know they will never be held accountable. All right, I'm going to get a time out here. I've got so much more to get into today. Again, talking about the March for Life, talking about... Uh, we're going to talk about climate change, too. Greta Thunberg is at it again, and there is kind of a battle and a war of words over what she said and who is allowed to criticize it. We're going to talk about that. It also involves CNN and uh, so much more. Also, Elizabeth Warren, who continues to be one of the front runners for the Democrats. What if she becomes president? Our, uh, we're going to talk to an author of a new book about Elizabeth Warren and what kind of uh, disaster she would pose for the, pres- for the United States if she were elected president. That'll be coming up at 1035 as well. So stay here. News is now a 1420 The Answer. Nine thirty-five onward we roll. Thanks for joining us. Joining us on this free for all Friday, we are getting close to the uh, end of the ship show. Close to the end of the most unbelievably monotonous, boring uh, fictional tale that I think has ever been read into the record in the history of the United States Senate. Um, the uh, House managers, as they are called, are coming close to the end of their time, and then the president is going to be able to begin his defense, or actually the president's team will be able to begin his defense. Joining us now to discuss that defense and what we have seen so far, as promised, directly from the White House, Stephen Groves. He is a special assistant to the president of the United States and deputy press secretary. Uh, Previously, he was Emmett Flood's deputy assistant special counsel to the president. Uh, uh, Mr. Gross, thank you so much for the time this morning. How are you, sir? I'm just fine. Happy Friday to you. I hope you're looking forward as much as I am to today's presentations. Oh, Lord. Uh, I tell you what, I, I, this has been so difficult. I mean, I, you know, I, I, there were pictures of some uh, Republican senators uh, in the chamber uh, playing with fidget spinners. They can't respond to all of these lies that Adam Schiff continues to spew and other members of the um, uh, House uh, management team. They can't respond. They're not allowed to have their electronic devices. Nobody is, not just Republicans, obviously, but I'm sure they would like to reply in real time to the lies that are being told up there. Uh, so, yeah, I cannot wait for them to just unleash once they take the podium uh, The podium today. How would you describe what you've heard over the last 48 to 72 hours, Mr. Groves? Uh, you know, the same way that you would. It's, it's repetitive. Um, it's nothing that we didn't hear uh, them talk about when they were rushing this thing through uh, the House of Representatives. In fact, they've probably spent more time on the Senate floor talking about this stuff then they even spent talking about it when they were uh, pushing the sham through the House hearings uh, side of it. So, you know, uh, I expect more of it of the same today. The Democrats will go all day today as well, probably up until, you know, nine ten o'clock, just like they did last night. And, you know, I'll be surprised if I hear anything new. I mean, if I have to see the same video clips uh, again, for eight hours a day, it's going to drive me crazy. So you're quite right. I don't know how the senators sit there and take it uh, and only have to only they're only able to drink water or milk, by the way. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how they do it. They're they're uh, they're more patient than I am. Yeah, well, you know, what, what, what they have to be patient to deal with, Stephen, is not just the monotony and not just the boredom, but, but the, the, the fact that so many inaccuracies, and I, I talked about this in my first segment, I'm sure you've talked about it with your, with your um, colleagues there in the White House. Adam Schiff had, uh, what, about 50 days, I think, they spent in the, uh, in the House trying to prove quid pro quo. They got witnesses, they got documentation, everything they could to prove quid pro quo couldn't prove quid pro quo. And so they didn't include it in the articles. 
because they don't have it. And yet he stands there before the Senate and before the American people and says there was a quid pro quo. How can he stand there and tell lies that he tried to bring into truth but could not do so in the, uh, in the entirety of his investigation and inquiry on the House side? Well, because it's worked so, it's worked so well so far. I mean, it's not as if anyone on CNN or MSNBC or the networks uh, are calling him out uh, on his failures. So as far as Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and the rest of the crew know, uh, this is kosher. You know, it worked when we were doing it over in the House. No one called us on it there. So why not roll out the same lies uh, in the Senate? But I think that they've misread their audience. These senators are no dummies. These senators are not CNN uh, panelists that they can go on and just blather about this without being challenged. They're going to want to see the receipts. And, uh, and so far, I don't see that the Senate, uh, most of the Senate is very impressed uh, about what they're hearing. I think they're seeing the same thing we are, which is, uh, you know, you're, you're – you're writing a big check there, but you haven't shown that you can cash it yet. You uh, you don't have the evidence you claim to have. Your rhetoric is at a level 10, and your evidence is at a level zero. And there'll be a time when the senators do get to express that, um, and it's when they vote at the end of this sham. Now, as it pertains to the obvious question, Stephen Groves is our guest. He is a special assistant to the president. Um, uh, the, the obvious question here is about witnesses. Um, you know, there are some, including Senator Ted Cruz, who want to call witnesses at least to the point where he can get Hunter Groves, or Hunter Groves, excuse me, uh, Hunter Biden on the stand. <laughs> Sorry about that, Stephen Groves. Uh, Hunter Biden on the stand and possibly even his father. Others say, no, we need to make sure that there are no witnesses called at all because it just, the longer it drags out, the more credibility it lends to a non-credible impeachment proceeding. Um, do you think that uh, there will be witnesses called, or can we expect a quick verdict in this thing and to get it over with? You know, it's tough to, um, uh, to prognosticate on that, um, mainly because the Democrats aren't done yet. You haven't even heard from the president's attorneys yet. You know, the theory of the rules that were, that were passed by Senator McConnell and, uh, and the Senate is that they will hear from both sides and then the senators will decide amongst themselves by voting whether to hear whether they think they need to hear additional witnesses. So the bottom line question is it's it's entirely up to 100 senators whether they think after all of these days of presentation by both sides they need to hear from additional people. Of course the ironic thing is that it's just more evidence that the the House Democrats didn't do their homework on this one. Uh, they sent over the articles screaming from the rooftops about how overwhelming the evidence that they had was, just undeniable, overwhelming, you know, damning evidence that will shake the pillars of our democracy and the president is a clear and present danger. And then they get here in the Senate and they say, ah, no, we need, uh, we need, we need we new need witnesses, more. including witnesses that we've never even taken their deposition and we haven't even heard from in the House and we didn't even try uh, to, to hear from, in the, from them in the House, we abandoned it because we were on this, this uh, false political timeline to get our sham through. Uh, so, you know, are, are we surprised that Democrats are speaking out of both sides of their mouth now? Jay Sekulow, one of the president's attorneys, uh, was asked at a little press gaggle on Wednesday what the president's mood was, and he said he wouldn't disclose that. Um, at, at the risk of getting the same answer, I'm going to ask you, how's the president handling all of this as he watches and listens to Adam Schiff? Well, I mean, the president, 
you know, is a human being, uh, but he is focused on continuing to do things for the American people. This week alone, he was in uh, Switzerland speaking to world leaders and business leaders about the booming American economy and inviting uh, business to come here and create more jobs for Americans and even add to our incredible uh, economy. He's going to go and speak to uh, 100,000 marchers today, the first president in history to speak before the March for Life uh, in defense of, of the unborn. Uh, they're working on Middle East peace plans. They're passing trade deals. So the president isn't going to allow this sham to distract him. But of course, he never wanted, wanted to be associated with the word impeachment. He knows that he's been falsely accused. And of course, that's frustrating. And um, But we'll get to the end of it. And uh, the president will prevail. And we'll get on uh, with the work of the American people. And, and we'll take it from there. We are talking about the impeachment proceedings which continue today in the Senate, uh, the actual uh, trial to remove the president after the impeachment, and we are talking with uh, Stephen Groves. He is the uh, uh, special assistant to the president of the United States. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Rudy Giuliani. I, I'm a fan of of the former mayor, and I really believe that he is acting in the president's best interest, but... He is being criticized by some for continuing to uh, speak out about the corruption in Ukraine and about Burisma and uh, all of the investigations that he was responsible for as the president's attorney, but not as um, an, an actual appointed envoy or representative of the country. Uh, he was on Fox and Friends this morning dropping bombshells uh, about uh, everything that he can prove about the crimes committed by Hunter Biden. All of this to establish the predicate for the president's request during the phone call of an investigation to find out if corruption is going on in a government we're about to give $400 billion to. Do you think, in your opinion, Stephen, that the, that Rudy Giuliani is serving the president's interests here, or is he harming the president uh, because he was associated with people like Lev Parnas? Well, I hate to disappoint you, but I, I'm not going to have an opinion on that matter. Um, the uh, Rudy Giuliani is one of the president's uh, private outside counsel, along with Jane Seculo and uh, you know Marty and Jane Raskin. He has private attorneys uh, for various reasons, and um, you know we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, but uh, that's not something that I really have an opinion on. Okay, and I I can respect that. I just because, uh, like I said, I, I I'm I'm listening with bated breath. Everything that he says, I'm like because I've been talking with uh, some of the uh, um, journalists who went to Ukraine with him during the investigative uh, uh, ve- uh, um, uh, adventures that he had had, including with One American News. And I think well, all of this, once it comes out, is going to be very explosive, and it's going to completely exonerate the president, who had the right instincts to say, "Hey, President Zelensky, you know, we need to find out if everything is on the up and up in your country right now. We know it wasn't under your predecessor." But we need to make sure everything is good now before you know uh, you know anything else can continue. So I, I support the president and I support Mayor Giuliani in that effort. So hopefully, um, you know, like I said, all of that comes out uh, in the wash and uh, the president it is will. completely exonerated. Um, last thing, um, you mentioned that he's going to be speaking today. I'm so jealous. Um, my daughter's mocking me. She is a freshman at Hillsdale. She knows that when the president came to Toledo uh, about two weeks ago. I was supposed to be there. I could not make it to Toledo. I'm in Cleveland to hear the president speak. She mocked me two days ago. She texted me from school and said, you didn't get to hear the president, but I will, because she is at the March for Life right now, and she's going to hear the president of the United States um, set uh, make history. Nobody else has ever done this, including other pro-life presidents. Why did the president decide to become the first ever to address this March for Life? 
Well, uh, uh, first on a, on a side note, I uh, actually traveled with the president to uh, Toledo that day, so uh, I also uh, saw him that day. I, and your, I hope your daughter had a had a great time in in the crowd. You know, those rallies are are very very fun events, and uh, I hope she enjoyed it as much as the other. Well, she was. She was. No, she wasn't at that one. She's good. She's there today. She's going to hear him at the March for Life. Oh, that's that's where she is. Yeah, she she made fun of me because I missed my chance to hear him live in Toledo. But she does get to hear him live in D.C. today. So that was sorry about the confusion. But uh, she's so so excited to hear from him. Yeah. So today is going to be an incredible event. You know, the president uh, loves to do things that that other presidents uh, haven't done before. Uh, so we can add this one to his list um, from the time that he was running for president uh, uh, and ran on being a strong pro-life uh, president. Uh, he's continued uh, to, to do so. He continues to um, appoint judges to the federal bench that are strong believers in the in the Constitution. Not that the you know the abortion question is any type of litmus test. It isn't. But he's been a strong supporter of life, and uh, he's going to go and, and address the crowd, and I think that it's going to be a wonderful celebration of life. I don't want to get out ahead on his comments. Uh, those are for him to make at around, I think around 1230 today is about the rough, roughly when that's going to happen. Yeah. So hopefully the weather will cooperate, and, uh, and, and we'll, all be, we'll all watch it together. You won't miss Very- these. Yeah, very nice day today. Very moderate temperatures. Not sure if there's going to be rain or not, but very moderate temperatures there. Everybody at uh, the March for Life is going to be in for a big treat here. They're going to celebrate sure. life together with the President of the United States. It's a phenomenal thing. Uh, Stephen Grove, Special Assistant to the President and Deputy Press Secretary, thank you so much for, for joining us to talk about this. We will, of course, continue uh, to support the President against this sham and this uh, hoax of an impeachment inquiry, or not inquiry, rather trial, and uh, and uh, we'll try to stay in touch with you as well. Thank you so much, sir. Great. Thank you, Evan, for having me on and have a great weekend. Thank you. God bless. That's Stephen Groves. He's Deputy Assistant to the President of the United States. Um, we are going to talk with my uh, spe- my senior correspondent at the March for Life, Jaden France, coming up at about 10, 10, uh, top of the next hour. We have an open segment now, though. So dial up 216-901-0945 if you want to get in on this free-for-all Friday right here on The Authority. Nine fifty-three. The Bob Brands Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer got time for phone calls now until ten o'clock. Don't forget, right after the top of the hour news, we'll go live to DC at the March for Life. Our senior correspondent Jaden France will join us to talk about what's going on as the preparations are made for the march and for the address from the President of the United States, the first president to ever speak at and attend the March for Life. I cannot overstate the importance of that. Uh, what an enormous boost to um, defenders of life to know that the president stands with them. James, in uh, Lorraine County, wow. next, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, James, go ahead. Hi, Bob. Happy Friday. Thank you. I'd like to make a comment and ask a question. My sure. comment is, first of all, uh, let's just send a, a prayer out to the president when he speaks today, and the peace of Christ be with him and his family. And uh, my question is, uh, do you think that the president should appear before the Senate as a guest of a Democratic senator. And I'll hang up and listen. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on. Don't hang up yet. I want to make but, sure I understand the question. Okay. Say that again. Should the president appear as a should guest? Should the president be a guest of 
the Senate during the hearings tomorrow, say, for example, if a Democratic uh, senator gave him a guest pass. Why? why one guest pass each. Well, yeah, but what's the what's the reason for the question? I'm a little lost. Why would a de- why would well, a Democratic senator invite the president as his guest, and why would the president want to accept that? Well, maybe it's one of the, a senator that would that is uh, in not in favor of impeachment and was is interested in walking away from you oh, know, I see. the impeachment. And, yeah, you know, no, I very because, seriously doubt it, James. Constitutional reason. No, I understand. I, I seriously doubt the president would right. accept anybody's invitation, and the reason why is his presence would be lending credibility to that which is completely non-credible. Uh, the, he knows what we all know, even what the Democrats know. They know they're putting on a shift show. They know they're putting on just a circus, a, uh, you know, a, a trial for the purposes of trying to harm the reputation of the president in advance of the 2020 election in uh, 10 months. They know that this is, there's no chance of succeeding. Um, so it's a non-credible event that doesn't deserve to be given the credibility of the presence of the president. So no. Uh, I think that's why he's, uh, uh, you know, large. Well, he's speaking to it somewhat on Twitter, but he's largely avoiding it, other than to criticize Schiff from time to time. But he knows what the outcome is going to be, and he's not going to lend credibility to it by sitting there and listening to the lies. And that's probably a good thing because uh, I think the president, as a human being, would have a hard time containing himself listening to the lies. <laughs> he would probably want to jump up and and shout as I would, and uh, and that of course would not help anyone either. Nancy in Cleveland is next. Hi, Nancy. Go ahead. Oh, hello. I am. Hi. This is the first time I'm calling you, but anyway. Well, welcome. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I am the mom of a teenager, and one of the topics that we always talk about is bullying. Yeah. And you know what? I am so tired of hearing Pelosi and the Democrats bullying the president and the Republicans, and now this Joe Lockhart, who gave out that fake tweet about the Republicans, yeah, I want to know what his I want to know what his mother's going to say about this. <laughs> Joe Lockhart's mom ought to be calling him because if, it, if he was my son, he would be in big trouble. You know what? These so many people growing up here, even these adults, do not are not responsible. They ought not be doing the jobs that they're doing. And if I was Joe Lockhart's boss, he would have been fired. There you go. I That's where I was going to go. I would have done something but he would have issued a better retraction, and he would have been packing his bags, and he'd be out the door. Yeah, my my preference there, Nancy, would be not so much for mom to give him a scolding, but his boss should say, look, well, both of them. You, both of you, them. Work for C- <laughs> you work for CNN. Our reputation is already in tatters as purveyors of fake news, and now you're out there literally tweeting lies and then letting them be retweeted for a while and then saying, okay, I made that up. He's killing. CNN's already... You know, just uh, uh, despicable reputation. I would hope that his boss would demand uh, his resignation or get rid of him because that's just, you know, again, it's just so much. There's only so much uh, that we can take as a people and that they should take if they really truly want to be um, accepted as a credible news source. Oh, definitely. I and agree. it is I'm bullying. He is, he is bullying. That's what this whole thing comes down to is everybody is bullying. Well, and it's a lesson. What it is it's a, a basic thing. You're right. It is basic. It's a lesson that not enough uh, people learn, uh, and that if they didn't learn it as children, they carry it into their adult lives as well. Nancy, I'm glad you called. Joe thank Lockhart's you for being. A... Doesn't think he bullies. <laughs> thank you for being a first time caller, dear. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Uh, that's Nancy in Cleveland. We get Paul in Akron in before the top of the hour as well. Hi, Paul. Go ahead. 
Hi. Uh, as everyone knows, Virginia's doing their best to do away with the Second Amendment for all of its citizens, which gives you an idea that the next step, of course, is free speech, which Bill House Bill 1627 actually does. It takes away some of your free speech. So, you know, just going down the line, you know, obviously next would probably be judged by your peers. But anyhow, I just wanted your people to know, or the nation to know, that, you know, they're following the order. First, they're taking away your Second Amendment. Now they're working on House Bill 1627 to take away your free speech. Well, you know what, Paul, you're right. That is exactly what happens. Uh, and in order to, you know, this is what we often say. There's a reason why the Second Amendment is second, and it and it follows the first, because the first is protected by the second. And if the second is taken away, then you're right. They will be free to go after the first. Look, there's a reason why we are where we are. There's a reason why uh, we are living in the freest nation in the history of human civilization. There's a reason why uh, we cast off the bonds of oppression and tyranny from the British crown. And one of those reasons is we did want the freedom to speak. We did want the freedom to express without being locked up or punished for speaking against the government. And we wanted to be able to protect ourselves in the event that the government did indeed go too far. And when they take away your weapons, we know the drill. We know exactly what happened. That was a bridge too far. And guess what? We fought for it in 1776 and beyond, and we would continue to fight for it today. Hopefully, prayerfully, that fight will only be verbal. And thank you so much for the call. 10 o'clock, news time. Now we'll go to the March for Life coming up next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.